This week, President of the United States unveiled some plans to reduce the cost of living for Americans. I mean, it's the focus of every government right now, right? Uh, one of the strategies he deployed this week was ramping up competition in the U.S. More competition means lower prices. That's the thinking. Um, all kinds of things going into this, but um, it begs the question, what's the state of competition policy in our country? We've talked about it before. There's some issues. We've had guests on talking about that. You know, we've primarily focused on things like cell service and things like that, other tech. Um, but it extends far, far beyond that. There's definitely some problems. So to get some details on where we stand and what we could possibly do, we're going to chat with Keldon Bester, who is the co-founder of the Canadian Anti-Monopoly Project and a fellow with the Centre for International Governance. Keldon, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me. So let's start with where we are uh, when it comes to competition regulation in this country and the laws we have surrounding competition in Canada. Uh, how are we doing? What are we missing, if anything? You know, we're not doing great, um, and, and we never really have been. You know, this country uh, really hasn't taken competition seriously um, from day one, but I think today, um, as we look at other countries, as you said, with the U.S. ratcheting up, Competition enforcement in areas like agriculture in particular, uh, Canada is increasingly behind, and, and that's uh, part of the focus of a report that I have out this week focusing on our merger law. Yeah, so let's take a look at that. What are we doing there? I mean, when it comes to mergers, and we know they're in the news quite often, there's a big one right now, um, what's some of the issues that you've identified with the way we handle that? So I think the big issue, and, and this is not unique to Canada, but we've really uh, underestimated just how harmful these mergers can be, both in the results of increased prices, reduced choice, and reduced investment, as opposed to, you know, when it's easy for companies to buy up their rivals, as opposed to investing in new capacity and hiring new people. I think we've really underestimated um, just how bad mergers can be for Canadians. And our, and our law has reflected that. We we, we are really quite permissive, and I think, you know, as you alluded to, Roger Shaw is an example of mm -hmm. this. The fact that they would propose this merger, you know, buying up a, you know, challenger in a market where we know we pay some of the highest prices in the world, I think is indicative is that they said, well, you know, we, we've got a shot here, as opposed to, you know, what I advocate for, which is um, where we should be deterring these transactions in the first place. Um. Why is that? I mean, have we just made it too difficult to intervene? Is it too hard? Do we need to make it um, so that this regulation and, and laws that we have around this can actually be more effective? We just sort of price them out or, you know, force them out of the situation? Well, there's three things, uh, three categories. First, we I think we miss a lot of transactions. The way we notify our regulators um, is is off. We also give them very little time to intervene. And then once they do intervene, the bar is quite high, and we're willing to trade off harms for cost savings that ultimately just go back to investors. And then finally, when we do go to stop something, instead of being, you know, something straightforward and effective, just blocking the merger, we like to create these complex solutions that either create behavioral requirements or force a company to sell off a part of the transaction, as we're seeing Rogers try to do with uh their sale of freedom to Quebec Corps. And, and I think the real problem with that is it trades really real existing competition that we already have for the hope that that might be replaced, uh, you know, someday soon. We, we, we may never know. And so I think those three things together mean that we 
um, create create a barrier to protecting competition in our own economy. So, 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 what's the fix? I mean, what can we do if we're going to start to redraw some of these regulations? Like you say, I guess first of all is we need to make sure that the bureau is aware, right, of of, of all the different mergers that are possibly occurring. Absolutely, we need to change how the bureau is notified. We need to make that a wider. Uh, net for them to catch. We need to give them more time. We don't need this artificial timeline. And then we need to reverse uh, some of the decisions and laws that, you know, allow us, as I said before, trade harms off for cost savings, um, you know, discount qualitative evidence of, you know, competition that we know but might not be able to be quantified. And then we need to create a preference for, I think, straightforward solutions, just say no, as opposed to trying to um, dream up new competitors. I mean, we talk about that so much with everything to do with bureaucracy, right? Just just make it straightforward and simple. That mm-hmm. that improves the the effectiveness tenfold right off the hop. Absolutely, absolutely. We think we're being clever, but we should we should keep it simple. Yeah, I agree with you. So, I mean, just to to sum this up, the current system that we're facing now, we talk about competition and we've all heard politicians talk about we're going to increase competition and that's going to save you money and you're going to get better deals and it sometimes never happens. Is it because of the laws that we have? Is, are they actually a barrier to increasing competition? Well, it's the laws and it's the people who are interested in the laws staying the same. You know, mergers and acquisitions are very profitable for yep. um, bankers, lawyers, and, and the people buying up uh, companies. So, you know, I, uh, I empathize with politicians who maybe want to change these laws, but but face real opposition. But, but the flip side of that is that that, that profit is made off the backs of Canadians. And, and we need to keep that in mind. Yeah, it, it's a great point. And, you know, when we've talked about this before, is there work being done to actually deal with this? It's been talked about, and I know even governments have said, yeah, we need to take a closer look. Is there any sort of process that's been started to maybe improve things? Well, we're hoping that one is announced very soon. You know, the federal government has signaled their interest, at least, in looking at these laws. But, you know, to date, we haven't seen anything released. Right. You know, my organization... We, we sent a letter requesting that any sort of consultation be open and transparent uh, to the public. But, um, you know, we're still waiting to, to hear back. And so so hopefully sooner rather than later is, is the answer to that question. Yeah, exactly. We'll see how it goes. And uh, we'll follow up with you when it does, Keldon. Thanks so much for your time today. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.